friends, welcome back to Fig and Farm at Home. I am so glad you're here. We are just days away from Christmas, and today, the day of recording, my kiddos are getting out of school. They are ready for break, and I hope yours are too. But as we approach the year's end, so often we we think about the way that our year went, the goals that we had at the beginning of last year in 2023, and how we actualize them, and maybe how we didn't, how we can move forward and do better next year. And as you may be approaching this brand new year, time of reflection, thinking about things like your health goals, or your work goals, or your travel goals, your family goals, have you thought about your home goals? We're going to talk about that today, friends, so that you can be prepared as the new year approaches. You might want to take notes for this one. Enjoy today's show. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is, but our culture has shifted and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, Goodwill shopping budget, and I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank, and I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style, where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. How many of you make New Year's resolutions? Yeah, I don't like the word resolution. It is a well-known fact around here, but I'm not entirely sure why. I just like the word goal better. (laughs) A resolution feels a little bit more rigid to me and a goal feels a little more attainable. This is the goal I have and how I'm going and the plan I'm going to make in order to make that happen. A resolution feels like you are resolving to do something, whether it really works for you or not, but a goal feels fluid. Maybe that's it. A goal feels fluid and a resolution feels a little bit more rigid and I prefer fluidity. And if you've been hanging out with me for a while inside Fig and Farm at Home, you know that that's how I approach rules and guidelines inside of our home as well. Rules, I don't like home decorating rules, even though I am a rule follower. Isn't that interesting? But I definitely like guidelines. Guidelines are the general ideas for. They're the things that you might want to think about as you're maybe picking out sizes of rugs or hanging curtains or hanging chandeliers, artwork. These are things to think about, the things that might make your space look a little bit more elevated, a little bit more put together, but rules are too rigid. Okay, back to it. Here we are on resolutions versus goals. As you are approaching 2024 and you're thinking about the goals you have in mind for next year, you're probably thinking about your health. This is so common, right? Are you going to buy those new running shoes? Are you going to walk five miles a day? Are you going to finally get the Y membership? What are you going to do to actualize those health goals? And how about your work goals? How about your home goals, your family goals, your church goals, your saving goals? What are you doing for all of those? You probably have something in mind about each of those categories already because they are the most common to think about. But this year, I want to challenge you to be thinking about your home goals. 
But in order to do that, we need to think about where we've been and why it would even matter. Now, I know it matters to you because you keep listening to the show. So yay, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me each each week. I truly appreciate it. But it matters to you. Home matters to you. You're here because you want to learn a little bit more. You're here because you're hoping for a breakthrough that you haven't yet had. And I am all for that. You know I love teaching. It is a part of who I am. It is the core of who I am. And I've been doing it for years, whether it's on the basketball court, in first grade classroom, or teaching you guys. I absolutely love it. So I'm here for it. But here's where I want to challenge you this year. Taking a really deep dive, a good understanding of where you have been and where you want to go. And knowing that sometimes where you want to go requires taking action, requires not continuing to just keep on learning, but to actually do. A couple weeks ago, I talked about about putting down Instagram, putting down Pinterest, putting down those things that are inspiration building, because it's almost as if we're collecting ideas, collecting inspiration. But what do we do with that collection? We start. And today we're going to start by reflecting. So do you have your notebook? Do you have your pen? Because I want you to think about 2023 inside of your home. And I want you to think about the way that your home served you. You're going to ask yourself that question. Did your home serve you or did you serve your home? What do I mean by that? Here's what I mean. Having a home that serves you doesn't really mean that it is a home that you think looks pretty or that you think looks put together. Having a home that serves you is more about the functionality. So for example, every time you wanted to have a family dinner, did you have to clear off the piles of things on your dining room table? If you answered yes to that, your dining room was not serving you the way it should have. Dining rooms, the very nature of a dining room is to allow you to sit down and eat, right? But if you're constantly fighting the clutter that is piling up on it, you're combating the way that your home is meant to serve you. We call this, inside of Home Design 101, we call this the purpose of your room. Understanding what your purpose, what the purpose of the room is and what you need it to do for you. Let's take another room, for example. If you have a living room and you constantly host book club, but you only have seating for five, but you have a book club that is 12 people, does your room serve you? Sometimes there's a space limitation, but sometimes it is a a furniture limitation, something that could be remediated and remedied. But choosing to do that or being able to do that can be the roadblock. And if you are having people over and you need 12 12 seats for 12 bottoms, but you only have five, your room might not serve you the way that you need it to. So you're taking a look at how your home served you, not whether or not you liked it yet. We're going to get to that. But could you use it in a way that was functional, purposeful, meaningful, intentional? Could you use it the way that it was designed to be used? Of course, there are going to be times when that's not going to happen. We only have one dining room table. I know some families have two, but we have we have one and that is where we eat dinner, but it is also where I really enjoy crafting. I love myself a good crafternoon. 
and sometimes the crafts take a little bit more space and hang out there a little longer than I would like to or that my family would like them to. That is the exception to the rule, the occasional. It happens every once in a while, no worries. But if it is a habitual thing, that's a problem. And so in that case, maybe it wouldn't be serving me and my family. All right, that is the first question. Does your home serve you? The second question I want you to ask is, what events did you host and how did you feel about it? Were you able to relax and enjoy the people? Were you able to invite them in, welcome them in with no thought about the way that your home looked, felt, presented itself towards others, and overall were just comfortable in your home's skin? Where did you land in that? And I want you to be really honest. And you might not remember, or there might have been one event, but you hosted 15. Write it down. Being mindful of the feeling that you had in those moments is important and could be a motivator for action in the new year. After you journal about that, I want you to answer this question. Did anyone come over uninvited? And how did you feel about it? They were unannounced. You weren't expecting them. So there was no, I'm going to quickly clean up. I'm going to shove everything in the stove. Do people do that? I don't know. I'm going to shove everything in the closet. I'm going to, because quick, we have 25 minutes are coming. How did you feel when you opened the door to the uninvited or unexpected guest? Uninvited sounds mean, doesn't it? I don't mean that. I mean unexpected. You weren't expecting them rather than uninvited. (laughs) How did you feel? Pay attention to that. That is a good indicator of action that could need to happen this new year. I remember so clearly having people come over unannounced and the anxiety I felt because I wanted my home to look put together, but it kind of was made up of a mishmash of pieces that were collected over time or picked up at thrift stores or hand-me-downs that just I tried putting them together and I knew it looked janky and there was that constant feeling of I know it can be better I don't know how to make it better I don't know where to start I'm doing the best I can with what I have and I'm sure there's even better ways that I could be arranging this or sizing that or putting it together but I'm not entirely sure And that feeling of, not that I was being judged, because honestly, it's not about them. It really is about you and how you feel in your own space. It's just amplified and highlighted when someone comes over. But those feelings never went away. Those feelings were always there. Those feelings of not knowing if I was making a good design choice or not. And ultimately then, am I spending my money wisely? And I want you to, I want you to, focus on what I just said. If you feel those things when people come over, several things. One is remember it's the way that you make people feel is always the most important thing. Always. But those feelings shouldn't be ignored. Those feelings are only highlighted and amplified when someone else comes into your space that you've created. Those feelings are always there. And so imagine that remove the people who have come over unannounced, remove those from the equation, and you are still left with a space that you aren't loving, that you aren't liking, that you think is janky. 
And imagine waking up in your space 365 days a year in a home that you know feels janky, that feels not really inspiring or delightful to you. All right, the next question I want you to ask as you reflect on 2023 is what projects did you have in mind? What goals or aspirations did you have in mind for your home? And did you realize them? Did you actualize them? Did they, did you make progress? Did you make completion? Can you celebrate any of those? Or are they still on the list? Now here's the trick. If they are still on the list, now we did we dive deeper. Now we go a little bit more because I want to know why. Why are they still on the list? If your goal was to create a beautiful color palette and to paint your home in the downstairs area to make it cohesive and flow together, and if you're not sure what I'm talking about, go back and listen. I have several episodes on creating a cohesive color palette. If that is your goal, why didn't that happen? What got in the way of that? Was it resources? Was it time? Was it that you wanted to hire the fancy pants painter or that you couldn't do it yourself? You were injured, maybe. What was it that got in the way of you actualizing and realizing that goal? And you might have had several goals for this room. For, for each little project you had in your home, you might have had several. So I want you to think about the limitations, the things that got in your way. If you didn't move on those goals in 2023, I want you to think about it and I want you to write those down. Those are going to be highlighted because we're going to fight those this year. <laughs> we're going to push back against those. We're going to move beyond them together. And of course, remember to celebrate the things that you did do. Even if it's one little project, even if it's taking up and learning one power tool so that you could do that one little project that you've been wanting to do for a while, even if it's painting that one wall or hanging that one room of wallpaper, celebrate that because that was movement forward and you did that. You did that. After you have reflected on the year and how it went, how your home served you or did not serve you, projects you completed or didn't complete and why... I want you to think about the plans for 2024. What big picture goals do you have? And I do want you to think big picture because we are going to then reverse engineer in order to make those goals a reality. What big picture do you have? Keeping in mind that big picture doesn't necessarily mean demo. Honestly, if I could demo several rooms in my home, I would do that. (laughs) My big picture goals require changing all of my flooring, getting rid of all of my carpeting, demoing my master bathroom. I'm not going to do that. This year, my big picture goal is to take care of our flooring and to redo our master bathroom. Now, I know I can spend $20,000 in my bathroom alone, and I am not going to do that. I am going to spend $500. (laughs) That is it. How am I going to do that? By a lot of DIY. But that bathroom has lived in the early 2000s in terms of design style for, well, since the early 2000s. It is, I keep using the word janky, but you know what? That is the best word to describe it. So we're going to make some change. And that change is not necessarily the high-end expensive thing. That's okay. Because I'm going to make it something I want until I can then invest the $15,000, $20,000 in order to redo a bathroom. 
that feels so unattainable to me. But I know that if I live one more year in a bathroom that feels janky, uninspiring, gross to me, I'm making a decision to allow my home to not serve me. Is it functional? Sure. But in this case, is it inspiring? Is it delightful? And you can delight even in a bathroom. You can delight even in a closet. You can delight even in a kid's playroom. You can. If you walk in to a room and the first thing you want to do is throw a dynamite in there, maybe something needs to change. <laughs> okay, uh, stay, stay tuned for this because this is a project I'm going to want to include all of you in on. It will happen in the spring. As you're thinking about those projects, that big picture project, that big overall goal, I want you to keep in mind a couple things. I want you to keep in mind a timeline. I want you to keep in mind a realistic budget for you. And then I want you to think about the first three steps that can get you to that goal. Only the first three. So many times when we have a goal in mind, we think about it in terms of big picture sometimes doesn't happen because it, it it feels too unattainable. It feels like too much to bear. It feels like it's too hard or too heavy. But that's because we have that big picture vision rather than the first step in mind. So take, for example, this. Several years ago, when I had much younger knees and legs, <laughs> I decided to run a marathon. The marathon was my big picture goal. The marathon was the thing I wanted to do at the end of it. And the thought of doing it felt too big. So I reverse engineered it. I reverse engineered the idea of getting to that goal and realizing that goal by first thinking about the things that I needed to have happen in that big picture planning. I needed to be in shape. I needed to have a, a step-by-step plan. I needed to be disciplined. I needed to carve out time. And I needed to tell someone because I know myself, if I didn't tell anyone, it wasn't going to happen. But the more I talked about it, if I was going to talk about it, I was going to do it because if I say I'm going to do something, you better believe I'm going to do it. So that, those were the big picture ideas for me. So what did I do? I didn't go out on day one and go run 25 miles. I didn't go do that. That would have been terrible. (laughs) That would have been painful. It would have been, I would have hurt myself. It would have not been great. I focused on the first three steps in order to get me to that goal. What were those first three steps for me? The first three things were, to buy the book. I had to buy a marathon, how to, how to run a marathon book so that I would know how to properly train. I trained up to this point. I trained for so many things, lots of athletics, college basketball, trained a lot, but I'd never really run a marathon and I wanted to make sure I was doing it properly. So I bought the book and I read through the book a little bit. I didn't read actually the whole book. I read the first chapter. (laughs) It got me going. It got me on that right track. And I knew there was training plans, there was eating plans, there was sleeping plans, there were all kinds of plans throughout the book that would help me be successful. But the thing I was concentrating on was how much I had to run realistically. 
Now, I'd already been running a little bit here and there. By a little bit, I mean three miles, probably three days a week. So I'd already had a little bit of a base. That then determined where I was going to start. I didn't have to start at walking around the block. I didn't have to start at running one mile and then running two. I could start at nine miles a week. And then I could build upon there. So the first thing I did in that three-step, three-action-step plan to actualizing my big goal was to buy the book. The second one was to make sure I had the right shoes, make sure my shoes were good enough and buy new ones if I needed to. Now, again, I was already running at the time, so my shoes were fine. I knew I would need new shoes throughout my training program, but I was okay. The third thing I did was to get out and do it, to get out and do it. Now, I decided in January... I decided in January and the marathon I was going to run was in May. Oh, by the way, the other thing I did, I, I registered for the race. I actually, this is not only telling people about it because I definitely told people about it, but I actually signed up for the thing. And then putting that first step literally in front of the next, in front of the next on a cold winter Seattle, January. Now, if you've never been to Seattle, please come, please come visit. It's a lovely city. Come in September (laughs) when it's really, really lovely and it's warm and the mountain is out and it's just glorious. In January, it can be a little chilly and not, it's a different kind of chill when it's constantly wet it can feel very bone chilling, even though it's 40 degrees, which might seem very temperate to you. Some of you who are listening now think of oh, 40 degrees is balmy. Yes. But when you're constantly wet, it doesn't feel very balmy. <laughs> it feels really rather frigid. But getting out and doing it. So I did really four things, I guess. I bought the book so I'd know how to train properly. I assessed my equipment, my shoes. I signed up for the race and I just started acting. I just started doing it. So friends, here's my challenge to you as you spend this next week celebrating with your family and inviting people over to have game night and celebrate New Year's and Christmas dinner and all the things. Afterwards, when it starts getting a little bit quiet, when you start reflecting on the year past and the goals you have for the year ahead, I don't want you to leave your home behind. Your home is an environment that should nurture you. It should be a place that feels like a respite from the world outside. It should be a place that you feel comfortable enough, almost as if in your own skin, that you can invite people over freely if you choose to do that, if you love doing that. But if not, it should be a place that nurtures you, inspires you, and delights you. I will not overuse that word. Your home is a canvas. It is. It reflects your story. It reflects your style. It reflects so much of you already, and it should delight you, whatever that looks like for you. If it's bright and airy, let it be bright and airy. If you like moody, broody colors, let it be moody and broody. But right now, I want you to be thinking about the ways that you can move your next step, that you can plan your next step so that you can get that big picture goal by the end of 2024. And if I can help you on that journey, let me, I would love to help you on that journey. I would love to be included, invited in and help guide you on that journey so that you can realize your goals. I had a training partner when I was running my marathon 
My training partner did not run the marathon with me. He just met me after school and he ran a couple miles here and a couple miles there. At the time, I was living with my sister and she made sure I was eating really, really well, that I got the rest that I needed, that she didn't ask me to go on fun little events on a Saturday when I when I had to do my long runs. She respected that time and space and encouraged me, asked me how it was going. I had Mr. Fig and Farm at the time. He was not Mr. Fig and Farm at the time. He was just, he was just Greg. <laughs> He would call in and check and make sure that I was doing my running. He would cheer me on from afar. I had my best friends constantly checking in and saying, hey, how's it going? Can I go running with you? Can I ride? I don't want to go running. I want to ride my bike. Can I ride my bike with you? I had the support that helped me get that goal. And I did it. I did it. I ran the marathon. And it was painful. It was rewarding. It was wonderful. It was really hard. And I felt like I couldn't step down a normal curb the next day. (laughs) But it didn't last long. And I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did it because now my knees are cranky and they can't really, they still run, but they can't run 26 miles like they used to. But I'm so glad I did it. So friends, as you reflect on where you were this last year and where you're going, where does your home fall into that? What big picture goals do you have? And they don't have to be demo. They don't have to. It can be make your space look and feel cozy, warm, inviting, cohesive. Make it look not janky. All right, friends, I have extended our Home Design 101 coupon code until today because I want you to join me. I want you to unwrap that present for yourself so that you can have that to look forward to in the new year. The code is it's time for $50 off. You can get it today. The link for how to get that is figandfarmathome.com forward slash home hyphen design hyphen 101. And again, that code is it's time. All of that is going to be in the show notes. I want you to join me. All right, friends, until next time and after the holiday, have a wonderful, very Merry Christmas. Hey, real quick before you go. If you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.